My skin is black. What you looking at? My skin is black. I feel so good to be black right now. Welcome to episode 143 of the Black in Fashion podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. And of course, I must call to action. Make sure you guys are signed up for our Black Designer Directory. If you're interested in being added to the directory, you can um, just email us at blackinfashionpodcast.com, blackinfashion yeah black and fashion podcast at gmail.com sorry mm-hmm. and then um also we have our black notes so we want to hear from you as far as like your your obstacles your challenges your tribulations so the whole point of the excerpts for the black and fashion campaign is for us to use them in different mediums so i'm putting together an exhibition about how you feel about being black and fashion and we're going to use art we're going to use paint we're going to use cinematography we're going to use fabrications it's going to be all these different excerpts in all these different formats so please please send them in we don't have even close to what we need we have like five and we need like 50 so please send them in so today i am joined with melissa with it's called audacious right audacious audacious yes. by melissa so audacious by melissa is an evening special event couture wear she's also one of the winners from our black designer well not black designer our designer contest uh, designer chance contest um and we're going to learn a little bit more about her background her journey today a little bit more about herself and then also so you guys can follow her and keep up with everything that she has going on now before we start any podcast you know we always do our little this or that so you just gonna tell me what you prefer over the other. Okay. okay. You ready for it? Yes. Skinny leg or flare leg? Skinny leg. Side boob or under boob? Side boob. Hoops or studs? Hoops. Mules. That's... Yeah, I was about to argue that. <laughs> Mules or wedges? Mules or wedges. Ooh, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Mules. I'll do mules. Dresses or skirts? Skirts. Skirts. Okay. We're in the same vibe there. So I just want you to start off by telling us a little bit about your background, where you're from, and when that fashion bug bit you. Okay, so um, born in New York City, born in Harlem, um, raised Dominican family. Um, I'm the oldest of, I have three younger sisters, so as old as the four. Mm-hmm. Um, I, growing up, uh, I was always like creative, like always artistic. So I was anything creative. I was always outgoing. I was out there, like out of my family. They wouldn't. They were more conservative. While I'm always out there. So that fashion hit me when I noticed that my grandmother. She so she always ha- she has a sewing machine in her apartment in the in the Heights, and I always see her sewing. So she taught me a little bit here and there, and I grew interested. But. Um, I was still like young and free, whatever. Then you know, I'm just being a kid, right? Mm-hmm. So then it grew more when I was in high school, and I had a English teacher named Miss Landish, and she was like the best like English teacher. And then she taught. Um, we had this program that was an FIT, FIT program for high school, and I was like, oh, I want to be in it. Um, what school did you go to? I went to Brandeis, Brandeis, oh, Brandeis High School. Okay, it's not there no more, sad, but mm-hmm. I went to Brandeis High School. Um, and then I did a little bit there. I learned a little bit of sewing and whatnot, but um, I had to cut it short because I had like family, family emergency. But um, from there, it gave me a taste of fashion, and I wanted, and I know I wanted to be a designer right then and there. So, 
I I applied to FIT, sad so and go in, but I went to Buffalo State. It's called Now University, the mm-hmm. best fashion program ever. Like I Buffalo State. Yes, okay. Buffalo State. Yes. Okay. And I'm telling you from the the fashion department now has mm-hmm. grown so much compared to like when I graduated. So gotcha. but um yeah, and then I my sister, she graduated from high school and I was doing her prom dress and then that's when Audacious by Melissa like created. This was two thousand and seventeen. Gotcha. And then I was just in I don't have my pictures, but it was a black dress, lace, um, hand placed appliques that I put on her. Um, it was like I'm telling you, when I when I made that, I was so impressed because I'm like I thought like you know I can make like simple dress, but the way I saw it, I was like, oh no, I'm hot couture you for sure. You put it together. Yes. Okay. Yes. I find that when you challenge yourself or you don't say no to a project, it opens up your range because you figure out a way to do it. So even if when you're not used to something, it's just like, well, shit, I got the basic. If you got the basic foundations of it, you can figure it out. And that's how I think a lot of designers learn and grow is because they just start trying shit. Exactly. Like, how else do you learn? You know, right. like, you got to just like try stuff. Even if you don't feel confident, you'll learn through trial and error or whatever. You'll, you'll figure it out. <laughs> you and might make some bald mistakes, as my mother would say. <laughs> like, you might have to pay for some shit. Yes. <laughs> you fucked it up. But you're learning. You yes. Know? Yeah. And, but the things I would say as a designer is hard because mm-hmm. you would think, like, as a designer, it's the expectation of when you see other designers supposed to be just coming out there. Mm-hmm. But then as as I'm like learning as a design, like as a design it's okay because I'm really learning what's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. And it will come up, it will show out, you know? Facts. That's a fact. Okay. So tell me this. So once your sister's prom happened and, you know, it started to really get out there, when you started to see like an influx and like people asking you to make stuff, was it hard for you to figure out, you know, how you were going to price things, how you were going to go about things? Tell me about how you kind of, like, went from just doing your sisters, and then now it's like, okay, now I'm trying to run a business, and what that transition was like for you. Um, I would say that it it was hard at first because I'm just trying, I'm just, at first I'm, like, thinking of price, like, okay, this dress, if it looks like this, this is going to be the price. I wasn't thinking about my, my labor and stuff like that, and sometimes, you know, there's some customers that that goes like the simpler route, and there's some of them that goes like very extravagant. And then mm-hmm. I don't include my like, also the time and how much it takes because I'm not. Sometimes like I like to take the challenge that if I haven't done it, I'll practice a little bit and like and try to make it work the way how the client will um would like you know. Gotcha. So when you first started out, did you have like contracts in place? Did you take like the clients to the fabric store with you like? How did it go as far as like really like forming out like a custom wear business? So I I like it personal. Uh, you know, before the pandemic, um, <laughs> uh, I like it personal. Um, it's mostly with friends that they saw like my work and stuff, and um, uh, it was kind of hard at first, like with friends. But I feel like as friends and the way how we treat each other, they understand the mean the difference between like business and personal. Mm-hmm. So. That I felt like that worked out. Um, like it helped me out a little bit not to be like, I'm not trying to overprice you, but this is the work and stuff like that. And it's just like just gaining the the trust and the client trusting you. It just helps out a lot. Mm-hmm. If I answered that question, because I felt yeah, like, oh, because okay. like customer service is a personal thing. And then when you make something custom, you really want them to trust you. Actually, that was a after a while. Mm-hmm. That was like the first thing in my contracts, and now it is now. Like it's just like, yo, if you don't trust me, this is not gonna be a good working relationship. Okay. Because if they don't trust you, it's them 
texting you all hours of the night. Oh, yeah. hey, how's it going with my dress? It's like, what do you expect me to tell you? It's draped up on my mannequin? Like, what do you want, <laughs> you know? I think it is interesting, like, um, for the consumers of custom-made businesses. Like, they just don't know. So that personal experience helps because it helps them understand the process or whatever. And, like, during, like, your consultation and, like, bringing them in, it's like, you break it down. But sometimes the, the, that shit that you tell them goes in one year. Yes. Because I already told you. Yes. How it's going to go. Exactly. Exactly. And it might be in the contract, too. Right now, <laughs> but you didn't read that. You just signed it. You just kept on moving or whatever. But that happens. I think that is trial and error throughout the process or whatever, like, as you're learning. Now, tell me this. So, like, you're doing your custom wear and you're doing that. And now you're like, okay, I want to hop into collection mode. So, what inspires you and what would you say um, is your brand foundation? Uh, I'm still working on it. I'm be honest because I did my first fashion, uh, New York Fashion Week show mm-hmm. in the in the fall, and it was just, again. I wanted I wanted to. My goal was just to like I want my brand to be out there. I need hot couture. Like I want it out there. Like you know how like sometimes everything's kidding but you're not pushing out. So mm-hmm. I was like searching. Uh, designer uh, casting whatever and this company called uh, Lane and Fashion Production they hit me I was like hey Lane and Fashion yes Lane of Fashion Lane L-A-N of Fashion Production but um, they told me like there's a package and then you pay this package and you know you have certain models you have photographers and it's all included in the package yes and it depends on which package you get a little bit more a little bit less yes was it worth it? Like, the amount of money that you paid, did you feel like you saw a return on your investment? I would say yes, because let me tell you, I got to let go of my job, and I scrapped every month single money that I could to make sure this happened, because I was not going to quit. And when I tell you that I am a hustler, I'm a go-getter, I make sure I make that happen. Uh-huh. So, and, like, with, with like, my supporters doing a GoFundMe, like, every little bit helped, and, like, that helped me, made like me get that. into the fashion show. And even while that was happening, I was making sure I was doing my collection, making sure it was, like, looking right. And let me tell you, the collection, I did that last minute. I just drew it. Because it was, like, what is your, um, what was your, your move or what is your collection? I didn't have, have anything. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't. I was just, like, all right, boom, boom, boom. And I'm I was just thinking. together. Exactly. <laughs> and then the thing, I was so grateful because I had a friend of mine that gave me a bunch of fabric that is, like um, a bunch of fabric that I haven't used and so I was just trying to think okay what can I draw with this fabric because I'm telling you like I'm trying to use all the resources that I have and not spend any money and then when I when my friend my friend gave me the fabric and then when I got accepted to that I was like oh no everything is, come, is colliding into one and I need to like make sure I need to show out so mm-hmm. uh what was the question <laughs> I'm sorry but it's just it's just like oh, oh so like um this fashion show helped me create my collection. That was my first collection. So I would say that this was like a rush, but I'm preparing. But what you said was profitable, though. Like, did you feel like you made, like, did you get connections from it where you feel like you actually saw a return on the investment? I'm, was it expensive also? Because I feel like with fashion shows, it's like hit or miss. Like, you either have, like, a really, really good turnout and you get good photos, but then you're able to pull clients from or you just spend a lot of time doing a whole bunch of shit that is not beneficial for you, and it could be because it's a production company. So there are some production companies that are great, and there's some that's just like, stay away from them. Okay. Yeah. Well, I would say with this one, as my first production company, the models were nice. Um, the models were nice, like, like, and it was like a diverse, that's what I love, mm-hmm. diverse. Um, 
the photos came out amazing and then photographers were able to like hit me up they were like calling me um the only thing, i didn't i wasn't making profit but i felt like i got recognized and i felt like that's what i wanted more than like getting you wanted visibility yes. so yeah so it was more of a, a marketing part of your marketing budget not yes. necessarily like a sales budget or whatever it's just yes. like getting that visibility and getting people out there to uh, like really know who you are as a brand yes gotcha okay so long as it, that's still profitable though yeah but it's profitable in visibility yeah whatever exactly. yeah so like because it's the same thing but it's just like anything that you do and i always like try to encourage designers just do your research have you heard of like flying solo Yes. Yeah. I, and they're trash. I can say that on my podcast, so I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, they sell you kind of like a, to me, somewhat of a pipe dream. Okay. It's like, oh, my God, sell your collection Soho downtown. But it's like you're paying, I think the minimum is like almost $1,600 yeah, a month. I, but if you're not seeing a return on that investment, then it's not. But they don't tell you in that store. They're like, they don't have good sales per hour. They don't have good UPCs. It's very good for a stylist to come and pull there. Mm. But in that case, I could just invest into a showroom. And a, a space in the showroom is a lot less than that. You could be in a showroom in LA. You could be in a showroom in New York. And you're not paying $1,600 hoping that somebody sells your product that not as well-versed in your sales. Because you got to think okay. about it. All these retailers, they have salespeople. Okay. And those people are trained to sell particular products okay. so in a store like flying solo where there's a whole bunch of designers in there the person that's on sales inside of the store how can they really speak to your brand are mm-hmm. they being trained on your brand and where it comes from and how it is okay. created and stuff like that and that's why i feel like they're i don't want to call them a sham because they are a whole business but it's not as what it seems okay so i just think that making sure you do your proper research before you invest into something it's just great. Now, fashion shows, it's a one-hit deal. You pay for it one time, you get the visibility. But, like, opportunities like that where it just sounds so great. Because they even have a – I think I saw one on Instagram recently about show your pieces in Paris. Yes, yeah. Solo. But it's just like, okay, yeah, my piece is going to sit in the store, and I'm, but I'm paying for it. I'm paying for it to be there. So if you're paying that money for it to be there and you're not seeing a return on your investment, is it really worth it? Right. So, and I know one girl in particular – she put her stuff in there, and she wasn't able to pay her bill during the pandemic, and they they sold all her stuff to charity. And she had, like, almost $10,000 worth of stuff. But she was only oh in the store God. for three months. So three months, that's three months times 1500 That's really, that's 4500 Yeah. Her stuff was worth more than that, and you sold it off because she didn't pay her bill during the pandemic, which who the fuck was paying their bills during right. the pandemic? Nobody. Right. We were broke. Uh, <laughs> I didn't, I did not know they... I mean, I didn't know they had a store, like, again. Oh, yeah, because I have my bags there, and I know from personal experience because I have my stuff in that store, too. So not only did I know from my own personal experience, I've had, like, five or six clients that have had stuff there. They all had bad experience. I don't have one person with one good experience, even myself. I was just like, y'all full of shit. Give me my stuff wow, back. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm nice like, to sell a car you know about versus selling any car. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, oh, wow. that's a fact there, but... So I have a segment called, is it success or is it disaster? Okay. So can you tell me a little story in your business where you learned something from something that went completely to shit? Like, it could have been an experience with a client where you're like, okay, yeah, I'm never doing that again. But you let it be something that you learned something bad from, but then turn out to like, I made this a better business model for myself. Anything that like went like shit, you're like, okay, yep, won't do that again. <laughs> let me see. Let me see. Um, I literally man. took for myself. I can yeah. just say I, every situation I've been in where there has been like a client issue or something that I didn't know. Like I found out like that people didn't like when I like post like the fitting videos. I'm like, what the fuck am I posting? Post? <laughs> I gotta promote my business. So it's like, what am I posting? Your final pieces. I'm not posting like 
anything as I'm posting like fitting, which looks nothing like your garment because we use, you know, yeah, it was yeah. fabric. But even happened like I had to put that into my contract so to be like, hey, this is the only way I can advertise. So I can't show your final samples because that's you and you decide to put it out when you want to and all the other stuff. But fitting, you're going to let me show that shit so it's actually in the contract mm-hmm. now. But I had to go through a tip with a client okay. to add that. So anything like that where you're like, okay, I had to, I learned something because I, it was brought to my attention. And I'm like, okay, I got to switch that. I got to change that. Hmm. I would say, well, I had this one experience with a family member. It's like, she is a plus size. I always want a discount <laughs> Let me tell you. And it's like, I'm always, I'm always like, I'm willing to help you out, right? But it's like, she lo- she lived in Florida. She lives in Florida, and then like she says, like she had a wedding in like October. This was like maybe May or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, "Oh, if you could make me a nice uh uh, what is it? I forgot what are those dresses that's for weddings. That is like cocktail cocktail dress. I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, sure. Um, what is your budget? I honestly, I would have done three hundred. I wouldn't mind. This are you just, asking what their budget is? Yes, I asked. See, what I budget. don't do that. This is start right here. There's, listen, and that's why, and that's when I learned. I lived mm-hmm. like, oh, so what is your budget? She said one fifty. I was like, one hundred and fifty for a custom dress. For a cop, I was like, you must be out so rabbit ass. <laughs> I literally told her like, you know, my budget is a little bit high. You could literally get it at a store. Like, you're better off getting at the store. Like, Honestly, it makes yeah. no sense. Like, like, and it's like I don't, and I don't like to be rude, but it's like when you ask me, dumb, like you paying one fifty for a for dress. What? Even was that the fabric included? So everything included. Oh hell no, girl! You can't afford custom. And look, listen. You can't afford custom, $150? Look, like, she's a little it. bit heavier than me. And it's like, listen, the fabric that you want is like, it's not even going to, like, <laughs> I, and I'm being honest. Like, come on. Right. And then, but I just learned that I'm having contracts and, like, this is what's happening. And mm-hmm. like you said, having the 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 price already in the contract, like, this is, yes. this is, if you want, what did I put? This is prom, this is bridal, and then this is custom. And those are the prices. And, and you have a plus. starting point. Yes. Okay. Starting point, yes. Yeah, that's because like, I just feel like if you don't, like, that's where you leave room for people to come in with that. Like, oh, this is my budget, this is what I have. But it's just like, you have to get into a space, like, as a business owner, where their budget is not your problem. Mm-hmm. And that's with any business. Like, you go anywhere. Like, not everything is negotiable. Like, some things are negotiable, but when it comes to certain budgets, like, yeah, well, I can work around it, but it has to be where I am. You yeah, know? exactly. Or and I think that the custom business is just a hard business because it's just like, you are. You're doing the sourcing. You're trying to figure out the financials behind it. Like, you're doing the labor. You're also doing the marketing. Like, it's just so much that you have to consider and then so much things that you have to put your time to even, like, answer and inquiry. So, like, let's say you got a whole bunch of prom clients and then people are inquiring about other things. It's, like, you, it's hard for you to even get to them and respond and whatnot because you have so much other things going on. People are not paying for your time. Exactly. They're paying for your expertise. Yes, and that's the thing too. I don't have a consult a consult consultation fee, and that's where I went wrong. You got I'm learning. Now. I'm going. Well, got one now. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, I was no. just like, and that's what I learned because, like, and the thing is, I, again, I'm just learning, and like, I don't mind giving people my time, but then when I start to see people, like, people wasting my time, it's like, mm-hmm. all right, see, now you're ruining. Or just it for not other being people. considerate. Yeah. It's not about they wasting, but like not being considerate your time. Like, and I, I feel like even. In, I think I did consultations for free too, like mm-hmm. when I first started out. And then I remember a mom and daughter arguing the mm-hmm. whole time because, of course, mom's paying, but yeah. daughter wants what she wants. And I want to say those damn people were in my house for like three hours going back and forth. And I was just like, what no. the hell? No. And it's, I don't think I realized it in that moment, but I remember them leaving and me looking at the clock and it was just like, yo, 
they got here at three o'clock. It's seven and we're nowhere. Mm. And I was just like, okay, hell no. You know, I think I also, I just, you know, upon reading and just stuff like that and just looking at different things, it's just like, and looking at coaches and mentors, I'm just like, they're not paying for your time. They're paying for your expertise. So you can charge whatever you want to charge. When I first started out, I didn't have conversations at all. Then it was 35. Then it was 50. Then it was 75. Then it was 150. Now I fucking conversation is like $450 with me. But I I built up my my value mm-hmm. to make right. sure that somebody would even want to pay for that, you know, for my expertise. And I learned that in a um in like a more of a financial class that it's just like we don't have to change our we can change our price points, but it's about and like and when you do change your price point and you make something higher, it's about making sure that the consumer sees the value. Yes, in exactly. The price point. Because that's the hardest part because course they have so many options when it comes to shopping and going with designer brands or fast fashion stuff like that there's like when you're an independent designer really trying to figure out how do I make myself different than everybody else right what's your differentiation like with my designs yeah like what do you feel like you give to the world of fashion that you don't always see what do you feel like you're solving a problem in any way or you're giving something that you don't always see I feel like as a Hispanic, I feel like I am making, I'm breaking boundaries for Hispanic, like just, okay, like a typical job is always like in the nursing field and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I feel like there's, and being creative and like, I feel like in my culture, I feel like creative is not, they never look like, like, in my family, they never see like, like, um, how I, I would say it, like, it's not going to work out. Like, you're not mm-hmm. going to make money and stuff like that. But I feel like the way how I feel, especially with, I have passion. And when it comes to passion, your work shows so well. And I mean, like, you, you could have, if you're having, if you're doing it bad, it's going to come out bad. Mm-hmm. So, like, when, like, I will put it this way. My work, my my collection, it will be for that person. It's not going to be duplicated by anybody else. Gotcha. Like, I want, I like, you're going to see my stuff in, like, in a red carpet. Nobody else is not going to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, you'll know, like, that's Well, you will we'll be done with our partner. Oh, yes. You'll be able to. Oh, yes. I'm like, that's one of the benefits of being, you know, in the LC realm. You will be able to explain it because you'll learn how to do like an elevator pitch. So if you're in the room with a whole bunch of people and they ask you what do you do, you're gonna be able to spit it out in 90 seconds. So the elevator pitch is like a minute and a half. It says who I am as a brand, what I do, this is what I do. Boom. Collier Bettine, Color Classic Confidence. You're a different woman seven days of the week. I only do seven garments at a time. I only do jacket, jumpsuits, and jacket. like you'll be able to okay. spit it out. Yeah. You know, because it's just like I am focused. This is my brand. This is who I am as a designer, and then that's it. So. Why are you the perfect candidate for? That's what I'm saying. Oh my, because then you will. Because like the creative mind is like everywhere. Yeah, and that's us. That's just never gonna change. Never gonna stop. But what I want to do is add an entrepreneur and a CEO mindset to your creative mind, okay. so that it. I'm not gonna say it tames it. It organizes it. Because you can still do everything that you want to do because mm-hmm. that's just the creative mind. But figuring out areas, okay, I'm going to focus on this first. I'm going to, boom, I'm going to do that. Then I'm going to sprinkle you with a little bit of this. And I'm going to sprinkle you with a little bit of that. And then it creates, like, a brand. Like, ultimately, that's kind of, I would say I did the same thing. Like, I started with my brand. I was a custom word designer. And I thought I didn't want to do that shit no more. 
took a break, started to be a teacher, and then I'm like, okay, I want to have a podcast, I want to have a nonprofit. So they all sync well together, but mm-hmm. I did them at different points and different stages, and then I just brought them together. But I didn't try to do everything all at once because it's very, very hard to do that as a creative because we want to do everything. Yes. I still want to do everything. I. I still yes. want to do everything. I'm still yes. like that. I still want to do everything. I think I put up a post recently. It was just like, stop trying to do everything. And I'm like, well, who the fuck is going to do it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if, exactly. I don't, if I don't do it, who else is going to do it or whatever. So so my last segment is called, it's a, it's, it's a muse. So is there any affirmation or mantra or ritual that you do just to keep yourself motivated that you'd like to share with another entrepreneur? Yes, uh, I have a few. Uh, Throw them out there, girl. (laughs) I would tell you, if you're a God believer or whoever you believe, just know that things will be, wherever it leaves you, don't worry about it. Things will come to you. Things will come to you. Uh, And I I just say this because I have my kid. I work until I gave birth to my kid. And it's like, I was worrying this whole time, like, not, not working and stuff like that. And it's like... You know, I was like, God, and mind you, this whole time, I'm like, God, like, you know what? I'm not going to, and that's, oh, and faith. Faith is the word, like, let me tell you, faith was hard for me, but I kept saying, I'm going to keep having faith. I'm going to keep having faith. I know you're there, God, but I just want this job. <laughs> I know you make it, I'm really like, I know you make it perfect, perfect for me and stuff like that, but just a little push. I was like, give me that. And then I literally had the good news this week and stuff like that, and then I'm just like, Oh well, what's wow! The good news? I got a job. Like my okay. old and my old boss Congrats. literally hit me. Thank you. Like it's man, man. Like when your when your prayers are answered, your prayers are answered, and you be so grateful. And even when you go through the bad, I will also say this: when you go through the bad, be grateful where you at now. Even though when you, it doesn't feel like it, mm-hmm. just know that you're able to feel that pain and know that it will be passed. Gotcha. It will be passed because you know what? It's gonna be. That next minute something happened, you're, you're going to be happy again. You're just like, why well, have been mad for mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm sorry. I'm just like, it's just like sometimes negativity gets to you, but mm-hmm. you got to bounce that off and just like, just hop on that positivity. Like, Are you scared? Like of having to manage entrepreneurship, homework, yes. kids, job. Yes. Like it's, time management is going to be definitely like a thing that you're going to have to be like, all right, now I got to have a, a strategic plan. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I'm also excited because this is what I've been asking for like my whole time and like, girl, you gave me this opportunity and I'm not letting you down. Like, <laughs> I'm not, like, I am not, like, I've been asking for this and I'm going to, I know I have a few questions, I'd be stumbling, but I'm like, I, this is why I have, there's you and I'm going to ask you all this. I know you might be thinking I'm annoying, but I'm uh, yo, you have some okay. idea. <laughs> that's what's more. Like that was the whole point. Well, I'm gonna ask, how did you feel about the? How you feel about that? The whole like the way it was happening because I feel like I got a little shunned in my. Oh, comments. I read. I did not like that. I was. I got shunned in my comments, and you know, it took everything in me, everything in me to be like, "Bitch, what?" <laughs> no, I read that. That's funny because I read that, and I felt like, first of all, this is your business. You right. Do, you honestly, you could have not chose nobody. You could. Right. You could have. You could have chose nobody. You could have been like. Okay, one of you guys, you gotta write me a letter. You could have done. You could have done. This yeah. is your business. This is yours. But you, you gave four women, and I forgot. Um, the others. rest of them, I got them yeah. like a discovery call. Yeah, yeah but yeah. you still gave these women opportunities that nobody else could give them opportunities. Yeah. Like, I'm grateful. Somebody that. called me a coward. One of the girls called me a coward. I was, and it looked, and it's 
for me, it's to be taking everything in me because as a business owner, we always take shit personal. Yeah. So for me, when I was looking at though, I was looking at the comment I was reading. I was going back. I'm like, you know what? I have time today. <laughs> today you want to play with me, and I'm not gonna. I normally won't respond to shit, but I'm just like, oh no, this girl got me fucked up, and I'm like, you got me real fucked up, and I was like, you know, what? I'm talking about this on the podcast because on the podcast I'm saying whatever I want. I may not say exactly what I want under the LC page because mm-hmm. I'm trying to be professional. And I even yes. went back and I was just like, who said I was professional? Like, <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck told you that? Yeah. She like shows your professionalism. I'm like, you know, saying you need to get a life. Now that's prof- that's unprofessional. Like, Someone was just mad that they didn't enter the contest, though. Yeah, that's I think, it but it was, one of the, it was one of the finalist friends who who was commenting like. But that. then my my thing is, it's just like that's, it's just my thing is like, if you. You she thought, they thought that votes was gonna win. I never said that. Nothing in I the didn't rules think said that votes was gonna win. Like that was it was just like American Idol child. I be telling people I'm like America was voted, but at the end of the day, the judges make the decisions. Even president, we vote, but the fuck electoral college makes the Thank final you. decision. I never <laughs> said that votes is gonna be the winner of this competition, and I made sure I iterated. That. I said your that's your community because I just hope when y'all come out with these lines when we done with them that all that support Thank that you was getting yeah. but them 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 people is your damn purpose. Yeah, that's why I did it. Like so that you know who your tribe is, right. who your community is, but that had nothing to do with my, but my decision, right? Like, no, like, no. Girl, people you crazy. Can, people you, trying to tell you how to run your business, and I just be like, like, <laughs> you have all this mouth, like you got all, behind Instagram, no, because I'd be like, because I'm one of the girls, like, girl, see me in the streets. Thank you, like, see me in the streets. <laughs> and I hate to be like that, but I think that that in business. We are expected to have a certain amount of decorum for customer service, for people, blah, 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 which is why, you know, we have, you know, Yelps and reviews and people say different things. I I feel like even like my Google reviews, they're probably trash. I think I got like 3.6 stars because I'm not afraid to stand up for myself. I'm not afraid to hold people accountable within that, you know. So mm-hmm. there's a level when it comes to certain businesses, like you know, in restaurants stuff like that. Yeah, you're looking for the ultimate like customer service. But in a business like mine, and in a fashion business, like we are, this is a partnership. Yeah, my customers and us, and even like when you're making like your client stuff, they have to be. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, realistic okay <laughs> because if you make something like let's say you're making a custom dress for a girl that showed you a picture of a girl that's very like slimming and her tits are sitting up and stuff like that and then you make that in that woman's size it doesn't look the way it look on the picture and it's never going to look like that yeah realistically yes. your body type the fabric everything is different because you're showing me a picture baby i'm guessing assuming that okay that might be that might be a life or that might be a met. Like, you, you don't know because right. pictures are Photoshop. So as a, a custom person, you're looking at something for inspiration. It is only that. It's inspiration. Yeah. And inspiration only. I can try my best to get as close to this as possible, but it's never going to be exact because you don't have the body type of the picture and then we don't have the exact same fabrications or materials as the picture. So being realistic into me in the fashion business is a partnership. Yeah. With your customers, with your clients like that. Now, if you're just doing you know, direct the consumer, you're making stuff and you put it out there and stuff like that. It's also accountable for the client to check the size chart, to check how it's supposed to be taken care of because then you might get an email down the line like, oh, I put it in a washing machine and this happened and da 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 Well, you weren't supposed to put it in the washing machine that you read the tag. So even in the product-based yeah. business, the customer still has to be held accountable in some shape, way, or form. And that's what the, I feel like a lot of the issues is. It's always on the merchant. 
you didn't do this or I didn't have a quality piece. Well, oh, I put it in the washing machine one time and this happened. Well, that's because you wasn't supposed to do that. You know, like, and I feel like that happens a lot in our, in the fashion business where we're not holding the client just as accountable. Oh, I got it and it didn't fit. Did you look at the size chart before you ordered it? Right. Is it my fault that it didn't fit? Right. Or did you not look at what was, you know, right there in front of you? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then in the custom world, girl, is it your fault if somebody gains weight? You know, is it your fault if somebody loses weight? If you charge somebody extra to fix something that you've already done, why do you feel like my labor is free? Exactly. And then people get mad. Like, well, you said it's going to be this price right before you made these changes. Yes. Now you have to pay more. Labor is not free. You have to pay for people's time. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just feel like that is one of the biggest things you got to trust and hold your customers accountable. You read the contract, right? There ain't no, oh, I'm going to get my money back. I'm going to do this. My contract says no refund because it's a service. Yes. I'm providing a service to you. And so. a lot of people, they, it's, it's weird because they think it's a store. No. This right. is a one person, and, yeah, one person show. Like that's it. And people being unsatisfied think that that equates to refund. Being unsatisfied with the service means that you can write a bad review, you cannot use me again, and you mm. don't have to recommend me. But it doesn't mean that you have you can't pay me. Exactly. It doesn't mean you get your money back. It doesn't mean they want to throw. You know, how people love like, well, I'm gonna take legal matters. Bro, the amount of money you would spend on legal matters is still not going to get you your money back. And then you're going to be the one wasting money. Because in my contract, it says if you sue me, you got to pay my lawyer fees. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I'm saying. Like, I'm learning from her. I'm about to add that to mine. Yeah, Yeah, go ahead. And you got to sue me in my state. Because you work with somebody out of town. So now you got to come to New York to sue me. And my lawyer fees is on you. All right. Knock yourself out. (laughs) She ain't playing. But that's but that's that's you protecting yourself, and yeah. it's hate that it's hate that we even have to get there, especially when the bulk of the people that we serve are within our community. Yes, they're black, they're brown, they're women that we're trying to help, and what they do is they get so caught up in their emotion and how mad they are that they're not being logical, you know. And I think that that's just that just happens, and it's just like you have to figure out a way in your customer service and like, hey, I need you to take accountability without being rude. Yeah. This was a partnership between me and you. You this is what you did, this is what I did. Let's lay out the facts here. Mm-hmm. And when you lay out the facts, they then they really don't want to hear it. Mm. I laid out the facts so many times to people and they be so bad afterwards, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I ain't bad body. <laughs> That's it. Like right? it so before we head out, just any inspiring words you have for any of our creative moms. Just about managing that whole process of like household and you know still getting to your dreams and not losing yourself. I feel like I hear from so many moms where they have to take breaks or they don't do the things that they want to do because of the kids and stuff. And clearly, you're still doing that for yourself. So, just how do you like manage it and how do you make sure that you are, you know, staying true to what you want outside of like home life? Um, I would say it's hard. I would tell you it's hard, but. You're doing it like, as long as you, as long as you know you spend time with your family, and then you're still doing. Even if it's an hour of what you love, that's all that matters because that hour is still it's a, it's the seed that grows in you, and you're like still practicing, you're still doing it. You know, that's why I say as moms like enjoy both both sides. You know, it may feel overwhelming, but get even if it's ten minutes, you're doing something, sewing something. As long as you're still working on the stuff that you love. 
Alright, so before we get out of here, just throw out like your social media handles, how they can get in contact with you, get services with you, and if you have anything coming up or events or launches and like that, throw it out there too. Well, you can catch me on my brand, Audacious by Melissa, at IG and Facebook. That's all I have right now. And um, you can hit me up, DM me. I'm very friendly. I can answer any questions. And yeah. Cool. And then you'll see her collection coming soon. Yes. Because right, so, of her. Right? You know, so as I always say, people stay black and brown. Peace out. Peace.